Oh, we may have already lost Adam. <laughs> well, right. good morning, everybody. Uh, oh, it's trying. So Adam is at his cabin right now where they, um, he thought they were getting one to three inches of snow. Um, turns out it was one to three feet, closer to three feet, it sounds like. Yeah. So we'll see how this goes. But um, as always, I am Jen Weibor. I'm the co-host of the show and the marketing director for Just the Tips Coaching. As you all know, Adam is the head coach for Just the Tips Coaching. Um, he took to the mountains to write his new book. So stay tuned for info on that. Uh, but we are really excited for our guest today. Uh, I was talking to Megan and realized that I haven't seen her. We haven't seen her since PodFest 2020. So... Um, welcome to the show, Megan. Thank you for having me. I was I was thinking about it, and I actually only get to see Megan in Florida. Prior to that, she and I did an event with some other badasses that we know in Miami. Yeah, and hung out there for a while. But yeah, if I want to see Megan, apparently I have to go to Florida, even though neither of us live there. Well, and I thought you lived in Florida because that's the only place I see you. <laughs> That's actually what Megan said when she and I started talking. So that, that's pretty funny. Yeah, they, they don't have feet of snow in Florida this morning. No, they haven't in Erie, though, where I live. So I, I get it. We wake up with two feet all the time. Ugh. There's nothing here at all. Great. Rub it <laughs> in. Uh, on with the show, as it were. <laughs> Go ahead, Jen. All right, Megan. Well, we know your background and what you do, but will you give our audience a little bit introduction of your background, uh, how you got into mortgage, all that fun stuff. Yeah. So I always like to share that this, like most of us, this wasn't what I planned to do. I actually had like the dream job out of college. I had a job in Manhattan, right in Times Square with a big five or at the time four accounting firm, uh, Ernst and Young. And um, it was pretty much the, the job. And I was engaged to someone who lived in Western PA and we decided that we were going to move me to Western PA and I will never forget it because it plays such a big part in what I do now because the team and the partner at the firm in New York City when I told them I was leaving you know he looked at me and said you're making the biggest mistake of your life like you'll never be able to do the things in that in PA that you can do in Manhattan in New York City and it was like a really hard decision for me that I was going to be ruining my life and my future <laughs> and um I moved to Western PA and I first started investing in real estate while I did accounting and I just really was not made for the accounting world of auditing and tax returns and so I ended up leaving after a year and I decided to jump into mortgages and took a pay cut literally to making 50% of what I was making as an accountant and jumped into mortgages, loved it, fell in love with it. And then uh, after a year of managing an office and, and doing all the other things, uh, I wanted to sell. And so I decided, actually, it's embarrassing that my husband had to come into the office because I was so nervous about going commission, which is so unlike me. I'm a big risk taker now and I do a lot of things, but um, I had to get pushed over the edge to go into this commission-based job and into mortgages. And that was how I got into the mortgage industry. Interesting. Cool. Um, 
And you guys have a really interesting structure because we know Dre quite well, your uh, business partner. So tell us how you and Dre ended up working together. <laughs> so the company that I started at originally was a mortgage broker and I have been a mortgage broker. I've been in the mortgage industry for 18 years and all but one year I've been a broker. I tried the retail side and flipped right back. Um, and so my first eight years were at that first company. I did not leave there for, I think it was 2004 and it was in 2012 that I was 32. I had two kids, you know, I was doing really well. I love selling. I just absolutely loved it. And, um, I felt like everything was going really, really well. And whenever you think things are going really well, usually that's when something's going to happen and you don't realize it. And so it was that year in 2013 that this series of events started happening. Um, I walked into work one day after taking some time to do some stuff for me and the owner of the company, I walked in and I had my Jerry Maguire moment where I was fired as the top producer at the company by the owner, uh, escorted out by police. Two people followed me uh, out the door. It was really crazy. That's crazy. I was that then. That is crazy. Oh, that you was just the start. You. Right. What's that? You're, you are the criminal element. <laughs> I am. No. Um, I really what I ended up finding out was they thought I was starting my own company, which I wasn't at the time. I was actually competing in the CrossFit Games, um, so I had no company to go to, no company to start, and I had two people who had followed me out. So I ended up going and joining someone who had just started a brokerage, and um, then went through a lawsuit with that former boss, and then started doing some coaching when I owned this new brokerage with someone, um, met Andre at uh, one of the coaching events. And because my business had done the same amount for five years in a row, I couldn't break the barrier. And it was through coaching that the year I started coaching and had my third baby, my business grew by like 40% because having, you know, somebody help you and see things from the outside in, um, it was amazing. I, I just couldn't even believe it. But it, that same year, the business partner I had connected with when I didn't have time to really do my research, um, we had ended up having to have a business divorce, um, <laughs> which was very, very disappointing because, you know, after kind of getting through my Jerry Maguire moments um, and Andre and I had become pretty good friends. We were both from PA and he offered to rescue me. I had a 12 week old baby, which is the last time in your life that you ever want to start another business. <laughs> um, and so he offered to sponsor my license and my whole teams. And, and then I say he proposed to me about six months later and asked me if I wanted to be business partners to which I was pretty leery. Uh, I, I, my trust, my trust level yeah. is not at its best at, at that Absolutely. time, but I noticed something in him. I mean, we were such polar opposites, but our values aligned so well and we both were very hardworking. And so I decided, all right, let's, I'm going to try this one more time. And um, we became business partners and 
literally since that point in my career, everything just changed. I mean, we've grown every year and it's just, you know, aligning yourself with the right people is so powerful. Yeah. And I remember when Trey was on the show, it's probably been a year now, actually. It's been a while. It's kind of crazy. Um, but you guys have changed a lot even in that time since we talked to Dre. You've gone through a rebrand. So let's start there. What? How did the rebrand come about? Yeah. So, um, you know, I mentioned that we had a year we went to retail. So Andre and I did that together. Gotcha. You're always wondering, I'm sure, you know, real estate, mortgage, you're always wondering, like, is this place better? Am I where I should be when you haven't tried it? So, you know, we tried the whole retail space and um, it did not work out. Um, it really did not work out for me. I, it, I just realized through all the years, I'm not someone who can, I cannot be an employee. I, I'm not an empl I'm not employee material. I think Adam would agree with that sentiment that he is also not employee material. Just not built that way. <laughs> Just not built that, that way. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I don't do, I don't do well with people trying to keep my mouth shut. And, um, <laughs> and so luckily Andre and I came back to the brokerage and this was 2019. And, you know, I just had gotten to this point in 2019 after, gosh, it was probably, what, 12, 13 years in the business. And something had changed in me after, like, all these things that happened. And I had to do some major soul searching. And I was just not at a good place. And I had handed over my business to people on my team. Um, and, you know, but I knew, okay, we're starting our brokerage again in 2019. It was just Andre and I as the producers like, what do we do? Like, what do we want to create? Do we want to just have this brokerage where it's just us? Do we want other people? And that's when we saw you guys at PodFest. Um, we started a podcast having absolutely no idea what on earth we <laughs> wanted to focus on, right? Yeah. Are you guys still doing the podcast? We, we're actually, it's about, we're about to go live again with it because cool. we, we ended up getting clarity, which... Um, after doing that soul searching, like I, I figured out that I've just absolutely loved helping people um, overcome difficult situations. If it's loans, if it's loan officers, I love helping women get into the industry, learning that they can make a lot more money. And, and so we ended up pausing the podcast because I think we did small business at first because I was like, I don't want to do mortgages or real estate. <laughs> Well, no one really wants to listen to that too much anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but what I realized was, you know, we didn't want to coach necessarily because we had this brokerage. And um, while we were doing that, all of a sudden our company um, in the first few months of 2020, it went from Andre and I as the only two loan officers in a team to now we have 15 or 16 loan officers, a total of 20 salespeople. Wow. Yeah. Um, and Andre and we have an operations manager who manages that part. And then we are about ready to launch. It's called Broker Fast Track, which is a 12-week accelerator for loan officers who want to open their own brokerage, but they're too nervous to do it and just want that extra guidance. Very cool. So helping other people do exactly what you guys did at whatever scale that they want to. Yes. Yes. That's and awesome. it's, 
been a humongous project. Um, and just, it's, you know, we're just really excited to get that going. And then we're also setting up a structure for people who want ongoing help afterwards on the business side of how to run a mortgage brokerage. Awesome. Uh, I didn't realize it was only 2019 that you guys started your brokerage. That's incredible. Um, that's just crazy. So in three years, not even three years of growth, uh, where are you finding your people? Talk, talk more about, we don't have a lot of guests to talk about the team structure piece and where they find people in that process. And I know that you guys focus a lot on the culture like we do in our office over people can be taught skills is kind of is the mindset in mm -hmm. our office. And I know you guys are similar. So I'd love to hear more about how you've built this team. Yeah. So when it was just Andre and I, you know, there, I always say there's the three models when you are building a mortgage business or real estate, you've got like, okay, it's just me, right? The one person team. Yep. And then you start building a team. So that was, you know, I produced, I think the last year I was in production, I closed around 300 loans. Um, and then Andre, yeah, the year, the last year was just the two of us. I think we closed close to 500 loans and we, our team size was about, I think we had about 12 team members, 12 to 13. Uh, so we would have people who would talk to customers in our real estate agents when they call in for pre-approvals um, and they would, then we'd have our processors and we always have had a marketing person, which is where I think our teams are a lot, are very much alike is leaning into knowing how important marketing is. Absolutely. I wouldn't have a job if Adam didn't find that to be important. So that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So that, I was going to say, so that is, that was the team structure where we found everyone else. I think if you lead with your culture and I think if you lead with your values, we really haven't done a lot of recruiting. I think people automatically start finding you and seeing what you're doing and if they align with you. And that's how we have found the people we have so far. Very cool. As far as your loan officers, your salespeople, are they newer loan officers or loan officers that have been in the business for a while or? A little bit of both. Yeah. yeah, a little bit of both. We've got some very experienced people. Uh, and then we have some green loan officers, which is a lot of work. So our new rule is we only will bring on green loan officers in January. So we're just kind of getting to the 90 day mark of our most recent. We had five brand new loan officers. That's a lot. That's a lot. I like Megan's reaction. That's awesome. <laughs> that is a lot of work. But yes. I, mean, I mean, we talk about it too. There is some benefit. You're not having to break the bad habits that they've gotten elsewhere, that they're learning, you know, in your culture, in your systems. But there's a lot of work with that too. <laughs> there is a lot of work. Um, yeah. And, and you realize what you haven't done right and need to do right. I think you're right. You don't have the habits to break. I'll tell you what, though, the biggest difference, though, for us, the people who have worked elsewhere when they come here and they're part of our culture and they see all the resources and the stuff we have for them in the training guides and modules. I mean, we have a whole course that they can go into and watch videos on how to do everything. And they just can't believe that. Whereas the new people who have never been anywhere, they have a very high expectation with how hard this industry is and they don't realize what we offer here. You cannot get at most brokerages, maybe at like a huge retail shop, right? But right. 
that's probably the flip side. Interesting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because they have no, nothing to compare it to. So um, well, you mentioned before the show that you guys have a lot of exciting new things. And I'd love to hear more of what's coming in 22, what you guys are seeing going forward. Yes. So we rebranded because um, also when we came back in 2019, we started expanding into other states. We used to just be Pennsylvania, but Andre surprised me in the end of 2019 and told me he was moving <laughs> to some island yep. and that I would be here in Pennsylvania the rest of my life managing our team, which is okay because I have four kids, so I'm not going anywhere. And, um, and so I'm more the, you know, I'm here in the office. Um, he is managing from afar. I mean, he's still very involved. Of course. And, um, he, I mean, we literally have had to set up systems where, you know, we have processor rooms like Google rooms. We have loan officer Google rooms so that people can hop in and out and get questions answered uh, from our leadership teams. And so we've just had to really come up with the system to be able to grow. Um, and our name before was Keystone for the Pennsylvania. And that didn't really fit in Puerto Rico. Right. That doesn't quite align. Yep. And so we ended up deciding that when we rebranded that CoLab, which stands for collaboration, that's a really important value for us, um, that the people we bring on our team are team players, that they will share what they know, what they, you know, they'll help one another. I didn't grow up in the mortgage industry with that. Um, the first loan officer I started asking questions to in my own office told me that was his account rep and that I needed to find my own. And, oh. you know, I just had a very opposite experience to what we knew we wanted to have at our company. And, um, and so, you know, that's been just our driving force with it. So collab, which is short for collaboration, uh, was the podcast and we just started kind of going with collab lending kind of fit. Uh, and that is what is also going to be our major brand for broker fast track. And then we got approached after the course was done. It is so much work. Have you, I mean, you have written a book, Adam, have you ever written a course, like a full blown course with videos and workbooks and all that? No, and I hope I, I'm struggling yeah. over the long weekend working on my second book. I hope I never do what you guys are working yeah. on. Yeah, I created the workbook for our coaching program, and it was I mean, it was months of work just for the workbook. And our coaching program is in well, Zoom, so in person, but I can't imagine if we tried to record every week and have that all. No, thank you. <laughs> you don't realize when you're getting into something what you're doing, but you know, it's, it served a dual purpose because, you know, we first just created this course, which was licensing, like, cause we would talk to people and they'd have no help. And then it would take them six months. I know Colorado is a state that's not as difficult to get licensed in. I think it's pretty easy there. Right. I, no? I don't have any frame of reference because I don't have anything to compare it to. Right. Cause Adam's only done it in Colorado. Right. So from what, I mean, we've learned quite a bit about a lot of states. Um, 
you know, it was a meeting that caused the whole course to come about because we met with these two guys down in Texas who had a good business. They were closing like 30 to 40 million and they were at a retail lender and they wanted to join our brokerage. And we're like, why? Like, why would, why would you join our brokerage? Like, you're going to take a pay cut. It doesn't make sense. And I asked them, I'm like, why don't you start your own brokerage? And one of the guys said, well, I owned a brokerage before 2008, but everything's changed and I wouldn't even know where to start or, and it like, that's when the, the light bulb started going off for me that there's just so much uncertainty in the broker channel. Like, yes, we, de we have, you know, we have aim now, which is amazing. And I wish we had my whole career, but when we, you think back, Adam, how much money have you wasted over your career on things you tried that maybe didn't work. Oh, it's countless. Give it, you it, a figure. And enough money that I would have retired by now. Right. Like no joke. And I think people are still going to make a lot of those mistakes. Like, yeah, there's people who will answer your question on a day and send you in the right direction. But like business wise, like making sure you're staying profitable, that you're picking the right banks and not just the ones who have the best interest rates from the beginning. Okay. The foundation of your business is marketing. You have to market. You can, you know, you can outsource it, but like just picking those things. So that's, that's the basis of the course. And after we, you know, built the course up and it's six modules and all these lessons, we were approached by someone who said, have you ever considered you know, offering a franchise option for people who want to open a brokerage. And I'm like, I don't even understand what that is. <laughs> You're like, I just finished this. What are you talking about? <laughs> and so this guy came and looked at my course. He goes, you've already done what you need to do to have that. It's education. You're teaching people how to run yeah. a business and you're becoming an educator. You're becoming an educator and teaching people how to, and you're guiding them, you're directing them. And, um, and you know, there came this moment for me after bawling my eyes out for probably five or six years to my dad who owned a business, who told me to go talk to my brother who owns a state farm agency, which every time I'd be like, screw Chris and his state farm agency. <laughs> and then finally <laughs> this year after this, sorry, guy, Chris. Right. sorry, Chris, I you watch Chris. this. I love Chris, but he's always had just a really good work-life balance. And I haven't just from kids and everything. Well, it was, it was about a month after this guy had asked us about starting the franchise that, um, I went to vacation and then I'm like, this is the first time very stress-free. Like we have all these systems in place and guides and manuals. And, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Chris works for a franchise. Like he walked into knowing what to do. Like he had the steps of how to do this. I'm like, so yes, this is something that, you know, I'll consider. And so it's, it's been a journey and, um, that is what we are waiting to launch with the course. Um, they'll be run side by side. And that is now, a lot of my job, I would say 75% of my time is spent on those two things and getting that ready. That's really cool. No That's exciting. No. Yeah. What's that? Adam, Adam said, Adam said, no surprise. Why are <laughs> we you surprised? Oh, Adam's internet. Oh, snowstorms. Um, okay. So we've talked to team structure. We've talked about things behind the scenes, but let's talk about the other side, the lead generation side. Where are your clients coming from? What are you guys doing on that side? What is your marketing? 
Oh boy. We do a little <laughs> bit of everything. I mean, website's important, right? Uh, lead generation is an area we've wasted a ton of money on trying to figure out. Uh, and now I feel like we, we all finally- have. <laughs> yes, yeah, for sure. We, we all have, you know, from the buying leads from lending tree to trying to pay, I mean, like all of it. <laughs> and now realizing how to do it and attract people and schedule them with our team. Um, you know, we, our team, our whole team writes a blog every week. So we have organic content, you know, we make sure we're looking at our SEO uh, and then we do Google ads and we, you know, we bring leads and customers in that way uh, through Google ads that schedule with our, we have an inside sales team um, and outside LOs can also use those leads if they want to. Um, and that's how we generate. Then the rest of our business, Andre and I have a very large database of clients. So we're sending database messages to them that, you know, they're reaching out, referring people, um, you know, so we have business coming from there. And then our referral partners like, you know, real estate agents and financial advisors. Um, and so just really those three prongs are what we focused on. Cool. What kind of messages to the existing database? What kind of top of mind stuff are you guys doing? Yeah. So we, the stuff we send to our existing database is not really mortgage related. And that's where I think a lot of people can get that piece wrong. Like, you know, they're, if they are just sending rates or stuff about mortgages, like when people are done buying their house, they're done. They want to know how to decorate. They want to know how to do landscaping. They want to know what plants they can put in their house or what kind of paint should be in the bathroom versus the kitchen. And so we try to focus on things like that to our, you know, to our clients that we've already worked with. Yeah. So when HomeBot, I don't know if you guys use HomeBot, but when HomeBot released their video option, Adam and I laughed pretty hard because they gave the example of like sending out a short video to your database on what the rates were doing that week. And we both looked at each other like, hell no, absolutely not. So what we do- I still think that's the vast majority of the content people are sending out through that platform. And no doubt. It just blows my mind. Are you guys using that platform for marketing? Because I will say I've heard there's some great ways to use it and we haven't dug into that as much yet. Yeah, so once, once or twice a month, I can't remember right now, Adam sends out a homeowner tip through the HomeBot database. So similar to what you're talking about. Hmm. Um, I mean, once was about like when you need to take your Christmas lights down um, or like getting your home ready for winter or spring cleaning, like all of the general tips of the people that own a home. Cause again, they're in the home. They don't care about mortgage rates. No, I mean, I'm on the other side of it trying to buy a house and I don't want to hear about rates either. Just tell me if I can buy a house or not. Like I don't, I don't care. Don't freak me out with the market. I don't want to hear about it. So nobody wants to hear about any of that. Well, um, yeah, nobody gets in their car on Sunday after church and is like, let's go mortgage shopping. <laughs> you know, like they just don't do that. No. You know, they get in the car and they want to go house shopping. The mortgage is like the afterthought, right? Yes. Where's the afterthought for people? But yes. we're necessary. So, you know, I think, I think that's, that's exactly right. Like we have to show we have to catch their attention in other ways, but then show our value through that and that we care about them and what they care about. Exactly. And you have a great point there. I think by showing 
the things that aren't related to rates that aren't related to the mortgage, you are showing that you care about more than the numbers and that they aren't just a number to you that you care. Um, we had somebody on the show. He's a real estate agent in Denver. His weekly newsletter is amazing. He has like what concerts are coming to Denver. He features a local restaurant and he'll have a couple listings at the bottom. But other than that, it's all about the stuff going on in Denver. And there's always really cool shit happening here. Um, and his newsletter has a huge open rate, um, which mm -hmm. is part of why I think email's coming back. I think newsletters are coming back if you do it right. Uh, we send one out twice a month and it is very rarely mortgage. There's like one a quarter that's like a summary of what the market has done across the country, um, mm -hmm. which always gets good traction because we always laugh at like the median house price being way below what you can get a house for in Denver right now. Um, but it, it's it's the things outside the mortgage space. But yes, HomeBot has been great for us for doing a little mm -hmm. bit of marketing. It's just another touch point. Okay. I think we've decided, yeah, we we have 40 touch points a year for our database. Um, it's and about 50 now, Jen. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Do and do you run so like you've got your database that you send to right and then you have a do you have a separate one you send to professionals for example real estate agents and financial advisors so we have a jtt newsletter and then we have the core newsletter um which have similar audiences our clients aren't getting the jtt newsletter because that's focused on coaching lead generation um and then we have the homebot database and then adam has his complete database, which I don't even know how many are in that now, Adam. About 15,000. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those are all getting, you know, our birthday texts and the birthday graphics on Facebook and the voicemails. And then on top of that. So there's, there's a lot of touch points, but they're all different. So it doesn't feel like, oh, Adam, the mortgage guy is in my face every other second to talk, telling me that interest rates are going up. Everybody mm -hmm. knows that interest rates went up. Yeah. I'm not bitter guys at all. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> they did go up. Yes, they did. And you guys, like us also, we're very similar actually with our, uh, you know, company structures and how we run. You guys also, because I called Adam, I talked to you quite a bit. You also do commercial lending. Yeah. So I don't know much on that front. They don't let me touch the actual transaction side of things. Um, you know, because I don't know if you know the Enneagrams, but I'm a type eight and I don't bite my tongue on anything. So they keep me on the marketing side of things. Um, but we do some commercial business as well. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know if, if Adam has enough service that he can touch on that at all. It would be brief and I'd certainly be terrified of getting cut off. But the <laughs> bottom line, I think right now is that, you know, if you want to help people, you need to figure out different diverse ways of doing that, whether it's helping people build a business or helping people generate more leads or helping borrowers get into homes or helping borrowers refinance and save money or helping businesses buy commercial properties, whatever the case may be. And I think like anything else in life, particularly when it comes to the financial arena, you need to be well diversified so that you can help other people. You can help your team. You can help yourself. You can help your family. And I think the last, oh gosh, I don't know, 15 or so years of writing commercial loans is just another piece of that pie where, you know, well, if you help as many people as you can get what they want, you're going to get what you want. Yeah. Someone, I heard someone say it. It's one of my favorite things now is, you know, we're 
matchmakers, right? Like we're matchmaking someone's goals to the right financial investment. I loved that. That's really cool. I love that. Well, we are running over. Surprise, surprise. Um, so no Megan, right. Uh, we hadn't talked in a long time. <laughs> Megan, thank you so much for carving out the time. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Yeah, um, thank you. We would love to see you guys at the Mile High Mastermind this year. Um, speaking of which, if you want to hear more about us, about our past episodes of the show, our weekly little tip, um, or tickets are on sale for Social Media Day Denver, which is Thursday, June 30th in downtown Denver. And Mile High Mastermind tickets will be going on sale before too long. That is September 16th and 17th at the University of Denver. Um, you can get all that information. You can get a copy of Adam's book, Just the Tips by texting TIPS to 63566. Um, Megan, thank you again. We really appreciate it. We'd love, maybe next time we'll have you and Dre on the show together. That would oh, be cool. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, maybe that we'll do that next. We're, We're a little married couple. <laughs> We're booking into, I think, June now of next year. So we'll see if, to see if we can get something lined up. I think that would be fun. Perfect. Um, for the well, rest of you. Yeah, thank you. The rest of you, we will be back next week with another new episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. Adam will hopefully have dug himself out of the snow by then. Um, thanks, everybody. Have a great week. <laughs>